0: Tonight, I just want to share just for a a few moments, very quickly. I want to talk about the presence of God, the presence of Jesus. Some of you may remember the first time that you ever felt the presence of God. I remember my, my first time, I was around nine years of age, also young. And uh, I was fortunate to be brought up in a Christian home, and uh, there were different kinds of music that were were playing in the in the house, and certainly didn 't have the variety that we have today because the modern worship movement has expanded and grown grown so much in the last uh, few decades. But I remember this time so well um, when I was in my bedroom and uh, we had an extension to the house where I was. That wasn't because I was so naughty. I just we had an extension on the house. But um, this was during the days when we had stereo and cassette players. How many of you remember those? <laughs> and uh, I used to listen to all kinds of music, you know, different stuff, some, perhaps some from the charts and maybe Jason Donovan, Carly Minogue, that kind of time. <laughs> and... Uh, but anyway, I discovered this particular worship song. And anyway, on this occasion, I'm listening along to, to this song. And all of a sudden, halfway through the song, there's an instrumental by a saxophone player, a musician, on the, this tape. And as soon as that musician played, something happened to me. Something gripped me something gripped my body. I all of a sudden became aware of God in my room. And I was so caught up in this moment. I was convinced that there were angelic beings in my room. I was looking for them. And, but I felt so moved. I, 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 you know, I was so young, I was around eight, nine years of age, and yet I was weeping because I was so overcome by what I was experiencing in that room. But I always remember that moment. I didn't become a musician until my late teens, but I always remember that moment where I felt something of God. How many know what I'm talking about? It wasn't just, you know, in a big meeting like this. I was just in my room. And God seemingly sometimes loves to use those moments to mark us in his presence. Parents, never underestimate playing Christian music in your home with the impact that it can have on your children because God communicates through music and song. Lift that, crank that volume right up so they can hear it. Maybe some of them are away from Jesus right now. that music carries a message that gets right through to the heart. And it brings change. God communicates, I think it was William Booth who said that music is God's gift to man God communicates through song. And so these there are these moments where God seems to just, you know, tangibly make himself real to us. He marks us. And you may be here tonight, you may not always remember, you know, some of the sermons that you've heard over the years. But you remember when you felt the tangible presence of God over your life and its precious. And sometimes God, and he, does, he did this in the Bible, he reminds us and he takes us back to that moment when we experience His presence. Let me just give a little bit of context to this. We look at the Bible. Right from the beginning, when man was created, God had this desire to, to personally presence Himself to His people. In the beginning, you know, Adam and Eve, they had the personal presence of God. They were walking and talking with God in the Garden of Eden. But the Bible says that man fell through sin, and they lost the personal presence of God. They were banished from the garden. But ever since then, God has been making a way to restore his presence to his people. After the fall, he did this with Israel, through the tabernacle of Moses and the tabernacle of David and the, the, all of the, the tent of meetings and the temples and, and the ark and cherubim, all of that is simply about God presencing himself and revealing himself to his people. And the Bible is full of moments where God shows up in amazing ways, sometimes, you know, through difficulty, through crisis, sometimes through intense searching. Even church history is full of, you know, divine visitations where God moved and showed up in homes, in villages and towns and communities, and all of a sudden there was an awareness that gripped the community, an awareness of God that gripped people's hearts. If you're familiar with the story of Israel, I'm just going to illustrate something in a moment because the Bible also talks about times when the people took their eyes off the presence of God. In Israel, in Exodus, of course, their leader was Moses, and they had experienced incredible miracles from God. They'd been delivered from the Egyptians. So they had an incredible past and incredible heritage. But later on, they found themselves falling away, found themselves grumbling and complaining uh, and complaining about their leader, and there was this story where Moses is up on the mountain in the presence of God. He comes down the mountain. He comes down and goes into the Israelite camp, and he sees all of this evil going on. And all the Israelites are dancing around and worshiping this golden calf that they had created. And they're saying that this is the God that brought us out of Egypt. But you see, Moses has just come out from the presence of the Lord. And he comes into the camp with all of this idolatrous activity taking place. And they're saying, This is the God that has brought us out of Egypt. And Moses effectively says, And I'm paraphrasing here, he says, This is not God. I've just been with him, I've been in his felt presence. I know what God is like. And if there's one thing I know, that's not God. I've heard his voice. I know his presence. Friends, we need more people prophets, teachers, pastors, worship leaders, young people coming out of the presence saying, I know his voice. I know his presence, and it's not like that. Today, people might say all kinds of things about God today. This is what God is like. This is what he's saying and doing. But if we would just learn to be more in his presence, we could say, that's not God because I've just been with him. That's not the anointing because I've just been with him. This is the authentic presence of God. Otherwise, we'll bring in the spirit of the camp. And all kinds of idolatrous stuff happens in the camp. But you see, there may be all kinds of things going on in our world today, and there's all kinds of things going on in the church today, but let's not forget that the most important thing in the life of the church is not structures, it's not meetings, it's not big budgets, it's not big buildings. The most important thing in the life of the church is the presence of the Lord. It's not personalities. It's not money, it's not titles, it's not positions. It is the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And his presence must mean more to us than anything else. I love what David said. Fast forward 500 years. um, Psalm 27, verse 4, it says, One thing I have desired of the Lord. This is the only thing that I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. What's the psalmist saying? The psalmist is asking for one thing. He's asking for constant communion in God's presence. He's saying that the one thing, not the second thing, but the priority of my life, is that I might dwell and live and abide in the presence of God. He's saying that experiencing Him is the number one thing I'm after. That's what I'm living for. I want the presence of Jesus. I want to ask a question. Is there something within you that wants the presence of God more than anything else? Because I feel like He's the one we should be getting excited more about than anything else in this generation. There are so many distractions, so much information that is everywhere. But if only He, Jesus Christ, would be the object of our affection and our attention, experiencing Him. And so what does that mean for us? That the best thing that we can do, the best commitment that you and I can do, is to discover our desire for God and to feed that more than anything else. Because in this life, there, there are, there's a battle going on. Many of you have probably felt it. It's a battle of competing desires. Natural things are demanding first place. Now, in the Bible, they call it idolatry. We seek after the pursuit of pleasure rather than the Lord. But you see, God wants first place. He doesn't want to share you with anything else. He wants to be number one. And so for David, you know, there's like there is nothing like being in the company of God's presence. Of being close to him and drawing near to him. He's not saying he wants to be in the presence once a week, one day or one night. He wants to be there all the days of his life. What he saying, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. And David's kingship, if you look at his life, backs this up. At the age of 30, he was made the king of Israel. He got the job. Which means he now had the money and the power and the the authority to do anything that he wanted. Imagine that. What would you do if you could have anything you wanted? Don't answer that too, too quickly. But he was now the king. I'm sure we could think of a few things, but interestingly, the first thing that David did when he became king got the job was to rescue the ark and to bring it back to Jerusalem. And the ark represents the presence of God. That's what he wanted. This is what he dreamed about day and night. He wanted to recover the presence of the Lord in Israel. He wanted to recover the glory of the Lord in Israel. Friends, if only we would put the presence of God first. See what will happen David would have heard of all the stories about Moses and, you know, and the tabernacle of Moses and how the Lord spoke face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And David's resolve was strengthened by the past, just like us today. Something within David said, I've got to have that. Not titles, not a position. Not just another victory, not just another blessing. I want the presence of God. Amen. If the band you want a band could come up and join me. You know today God is not primarily concerned, you know, with a uh, a temple of wood and stone like in the Old Testament. We are the temples of God. God doesn't dwell in buildings and machinery. He dwells in people. He loves to presence himself in people. Maybe you're here tonight and you're not a Christian and you, this is kind of new to you. Or this singing and, you know, and the raising up of hands and all, and all of that. Maybe you've not experienced this kind of atmosphere before. And you're thinking, oh, you know, what's this all about? Let me tell you what it's all about. Jesus Christ came and restored man as the dwelling place of God. How did he do that? Through his sacrifice on a cross. He made atonement for every sin that had ever been committed. He suffered so that you might live. Jesus Christ came to restore us back to God's original plan that we would carry the personal presence of God. We are his temple. We are his people. We are his children. We are his dwelling place. You are his sanctuary. Tell someone near, you are his sanctuary. You're a people called by his name, born of his spirit. And so a Christian is literally a, a living, breathing temple of God. I love it how C.S. Lewis once said it. He said, you're not just a mere mortal. Your soul has been made alive to God. God has taken residence in you. The God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit now lives in you. That now means that you are a carrier of the presence of God. God's Holy Spirit lives in you. And salvation is not so much about trying to always... getting man into heaven. It's more about God getting into man. Um, You are a carrier of the presence of Jesus. And the presence of God is attractive. It's his presence in you that causes someone to say, you know, what is it that you have that I don't have? And sometimes the presence of God is like a magnet, isn't it? And it draws people to God. It causes someone to say at work, would you pray for me? And I sense tonight, you know, as we were, we were just um, worshiping, that many of you here tonight perhaps are saying to yourself, I just can't seem to reach my neighbor. I can't seem to reach my friend or my family. I can't seem to reach my work colleague for Christ. It just seems I never get any success. I can't even, you know, invite people to church. Let me tell you tonight, you are a carrier of the presence of God. The Holy Spirit lives in you. And if you have the Holy Spirit living in you, you can get any breakthrough. You carry the atmosphere of heaven into every place. And God can move through you. Bringing salvation and healing.